So yesterday, as I described in a post on Instagram, I got the truck well and truly stuck in the mud at the farm. I'd driven up onto a stretch of meadow that is not historically that wet. I'm not sure what's going on, if it's... Uh, well, it could be that the changes in land management over the last five years have led to a change in the water hydraulics um, of of the ground, and that's quite possible. And so uh, it seems not out of the question that driving on that stretch of ground will be off the table from now on. Um, at any rate... I wasn't expecting it to be that wet, so when I hit the wet spot, I thought, eh, how bad can it get? Well, it got real bad, real fast. And before I knew it, I was almost axle-deep in mud on all four tires, spinning away. And I managed to get myself out after 40 minutes of trying all sorts of different things. Brush under the tires. I'd, at one point, I was like, aha! I have purchased an item for this very situation which was this like block of rubber that you strap to the to one of the tires of the truck and it helps give you a lot more traction than you otherwise would well all it did was dig another a deeper groove into the mud what and in the end helped me out was the fact that I had two sheets of plywood in the bed of the truck that was part of how I uh part of how I carry large loads in the truck this time of year is I lean the plywood up against the rails in the frame that's built into the truck rails. So I put each of those behind the truck tires, and then I had to go get rocks to put down in the ruts. I had to go three separate trips for more and more rocks, because I could feel that it was starting to work, but it wasn't quite working. There's this thing that happens when you get stuck in a vehicle, which is that your tires spin. And so when you're trying to get yourself out of that situation, what you're trying to do is to not let the tire spin. You want to gain a little traction and then ease out of it. Because as soon as that tire spins, you actually lose whatever advantage you gain and you dig yourself deeper. Well, in the end, I finally had enough rocks that I managed to ease the, the tires up out of the ruts they were in and onto the plywood. And from that point, I was able to back up on the plywood and turn around. But you know me, I love a good metaphor, and it occurred to me that the spinning and how you actually gain traction by going as slowly as you can to make sure that the tires don't spin is a, a really apt metaphor for this phenomenon that can happen in business, which is that... You can go so fast and hard at something that you essentially spin your tires and make a situation worse instead of gaining any actual momentum. A good example of this, for instance, is uh, advertising, buying ads on places like Instagram. I dabbled in this a little bit when my book was coming out and the Instagram ads were first coming out, and I thought, oh, they'll be, they'll be underpriced, they'll be good attention. And I never really did enough of it to, 
tell because it quickly became apparent to me that this was a way to spend an awful lot of money without any real sense of whether it increased my bottom line or not because I was launching a product at the same time as I was advertising. So it wasn't like I was holding all variables constant. I didn't have a product that I knew how it was going to sell in the first place. And then I was... And then I was adding the advertising on top of an already existing sales phenomenon. It was all up in the air. And the temptation was, well, you know, surely this is helping, so I'll just do more and more and more of it. And I think this can happen with advertising in general, is that you can essentially spin your tires without any of your ads getting you any momentum. And, and this also happens just in, in your telling of your story as well. I think it's, I think it's possible to do more and more and more of something without any feedback that it's actually resonating with people, without any sense that the tires are starting to creep up out of the rut and onto firm ground. And you end up sort of making things worse because it's off-putting to have a constant stream of stuff that's you're not really interested in. Now, how do you know if something is interesting to people or not? There's many different ways. Maybe people engage with it more. Maybe uh, your sales start to increase, and that's a sign that you're doing some things right. Maybe uh, more people start to follow you, and that's a sign that you're doing things right. I think a lot of times we, we're doing things sort of poorly, or at least not well enough to get the results that we want, and that's probably an important distinction, is that you don't always have to do things poorly in order to get the not to not get the results that you want. They just have to be not good enough. And, well, let's say that's you, and you're doing a pretty good job posting, but it's not good enough to hit some threshold. It's not catching the zeitgeist of the moment. It's not, um, doesn't seem to be reaching people in a certain way. I think about this all the time because I think each of us is in danger of this because I think you can spin your tires at any moment in your career simply by doing what people expect of you and feeding that to a degree that it no longer seems to be working. Now, feeding an engine that seems to be working is one thing. That's rolling your tires across the ground, right? That's moving. But I asked myself regularly, every month, every other month? Am I spinning my tires here? Should I be doing something differently? And if I think that I should be doing something differently, here's, here's one of the things that I think really helps, is just like when a physical vehicle is stuck in the mud and you want to ease on that gas pedal so that you just start to gain some motion, and that's how it's, you're going to get yourself moving in a situation where otherwise you'd spin your tires. I think you need to 
be testing things. I don't know if slowly is the right word. Sometimes slowly, sometimes gingerly, sometimes testing. I think, I think what I'm trying to say is, I think sometimes when you can recognize that you're spinning your tires, the thing you have to do is stop and then start again slowly and be super thoughtful about maybe what's going on. Just like how I had to be thoughtful in my truck and say, okay, what's actually going on here? It's, is that little chunk of rubber working? Do I need to go get more rocks? Okay, I got rocks. Do I need to go get more rocks? Have I gotten up onto the plywood yet? Maybe I should rock forward so that I could get some more rocks underneath, right? There's a way in which I am, when you get yourself out of mud, when you get yourself out of a rut, what gets you out of it is that you become hyper-focused on what is actually happening moment to moment, what is actually seems to be working. And then you figure out from that what you need to do. Sometimes it's more of the same, sometimes it's different, but you, but you think your way through it. And what happens in business when we're spinning our wheels is that we have stopped thinking. We found a button and we're just mashing it and mashing it and mashing it, hoping to get different results. And this is where you have that saying that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome. Now, obviously that statement is not entirely true because sometimes you do the same thing and you get a different outcome because you just had to do more of the thing. But I think it really applies in this instance where if you are spinning your tires, metaphorically or otherwise, to expect a different outcome without doing something really different is insanity. So, to be very clear, if you think that this is you, if you feel like you're spinning your tires, trying to get your business moving, by which I mean trying to get enough interest in what you're doing that, hold on, I gotta take off my jacket here. You're trying to get enough interest in what you're doing that you feel like it's starting to, to work, to actually um, build some momentum and get you some orders and get you some money in the bank and, well, frankly, to work. If you feel like you're struggling to do that, but you feel like there must be a way using social media to make that happen, you just can't quite seem to figure out what that way might be, well, what I would recommend is that you stop for a day or two doing whatever it is that you're doing on social media. And maybe go back and take a look at what were the things that did seem like they had traction. And then ask yourself, Maybe do some thinking about what seems like it has worked out for other people, for whom it is working out. Not just looking at people who got some traction on something, but who don't seem like they are succeeding any more than you are, right? Because 
there is a whole category of posts on social media that will get you a lot of attention, but not in a way that drives sales, right? Not in a way that builds reputation. A great category of this, I would say, is showing your tools. If you're a spoon carver, there's a, there's a, there's a trope of like, here is my finished spoon next to the tools that made it. And that, to the extent that it ever worked, is very played out and feels uninspired and, and uninteresting. And your job is to figure out, okay, well, what does feel inspired? What does feel interesting? What feels fresh? What feels new and different? How can you mash together some things that seem like they're working across different lines? And one of the things I would say, for instance, is, man, if I was, if I was like traveling around in a van carving spoons for a living, I would take photos of spoons up against, like maybe holding a spoon up with some beautiful vista in the background. And I would just, I would do a bunch of that because you know what the algorithm and people, well, what the algorithm pays off and what people also are attracted to is beautiful vistas of places they haven't been. And if you hold a spoon up against that and photograph it well, well, that's, that's like <clears throat> bringing those two strands together and it would be very appealing. That's just one idea that I came up with the top of my head. The point is, you need to figure out what you have at your disposal. Maybe you live in an apartment and you, you know, you feel like, God, there's no, you know, I'm, I'm not like around any woodland. There's no nowhere for me to take photographs of my spoons. Well, maybe, uh, here's two ideas. One would be to take advantage of the amazing architecture that you have in a city and somehow take photographs of your spoons against sort of the griminess of the city that juxtaposes the beautiful nature of the wood against a much more industrial background. That's one good idea. Another thing would be to approach people on the street and ask if you could take photos of their hands holding your work so that you get the contrast of like some random person's hands and coat, say, holding your work. Well, that would be tremendously eye-catching as well. You do that well, and all of a sudden you've turned the thing that you felt like was your disadvantage into your advantage. And you do that, but this is what I mean by stop spinning your wheels. Stop doing what you think is the right thing to be doing and start thinking about how you can thoughtfully change the trajectory of interest in your work. Notice that none of these suggestions I've said has had anything to do with changing the quality of your work, which will naturally change over time. But the point is, is that people's interest in the photograph that you're taking, and therefore their interest in you as a maker, doesn't have to be tied to how good your work is. Obviously, as your work improves, that will improve what people think about it. But honestly, there's sort of a threshold you get over and then it doesn't really matter from that point on is what I've found. And 
I think as you start to explore and apply these ideas slowly, right, with a little more thought of how can I do something a little bit different, the trick is to figure out something to try that's sort of the next easiest thing to try, right? So going back to the metaphor here of spinning my wheels in the mud, I always had the option. There was a neighbor hmm, half a mile down the road who has a tractor. Pretty sure he was going to be home. If I had to, I could go get him, get his tractor. But that would take, you know, an hour out of my day for sure. Between walking to go get him, walking back, having, help, having him help with the tractor, thanking him so much, all that. There always was a lower hanging fruit for me to explore. And I think that's also something to consider if you're spinning your wheels, is what is the... What is something different, but that is also a simple solution that I will be able to explore without it costing so much in time or money, say, that I, that I run out of steam, right? You could decide that the thing you need to do is make, you know, like really, really good quality videos and, and have that be your thing, but... But I would argue that you're going to do one, two, maybe three of those, and then you're going to run out of steam. Whereas you could build a really good business doing a sort of like humans of New York, but just their hands holding your latest piece of work. And that is simple enough to execute if you live in a city that... I think that one you could really stick with for a long time and get some real traction with. Whereas the video, <clears throat> you might get a lot of traction right away, but you're not going to be able to sustain it. So you need to look for the low-hanging fruit as well when you're trying to get out of a situation. And it's not to say that the video can't be something that you do in the future as you're driving along faster and faster and you're trying to achieve liftoff, say. Uh, but when you're spinning your wheels, it's not the thing that's going to get you out of the mud. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk tomorrow.